0: Our scripture reading today comes from the 8th chapter of the book of Luke, verses 4 through 15. When a great crowd gathered and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell on the path and was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered for lack of moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Some fell into good soil, and when it grew, it produced a hundredfold. As he said this, he called out, Let anyone with ears to hear listen. Then his disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God but to others I speak in parables so that looking they may not perceive and listening they may not understand Now the parable is this the the seed of the is the word of God the ones on the path are those who have heard then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. The ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe only for a while, and in a time of testing fall away. As for what fell among the thorns, these are the ones who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. But as for that in the good soil, these are the ones who, when they hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience, endurance. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Let us be in the spirit of prayer for just a moment. Holy God, we inch forward in vulnerable ways today, hoping to hear a word for our lives. So give us grace, O God. Grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed. Courage to change the things that can be changed and the wisdom, oh Lord, your holy wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. Amen. I'm a city girl. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, and I love the grit of a buzzing urban center Car horns and construction and kids playing stickball in the streets. Those are all signs of life for me. My dad, however, he grew up on a farm. And so every summer, our family would drive two days to the McDuffie Farm in upstate New York. I have vivid memories of being four years old or so, in my great-grandma Duffy's kitchen. She would grab her red enamel colander, take my hand and say, Come on, Heather, let's pick some green beans for supper. We'd go out to the backyard garden where there were rows and rows of vegetables. And in the early morning, the leaves of the plants were still wet with dew, and there was this earthy smell of cool black soil underneath my bare little feet. And as great-grandma Duffy picked the beans, I would lift up the leaves and the rocks to discover a whole world was living in that dirt. Worms and beetles and roly-polies. They were all signs of life, too. Last Sunday, I preached on the topic of humility, and I said that words like human, humble, humiliate, and even the word hum all originate from the same root word, the Latin humus. Humus is translated as on the ground or of the earth. And I talked about how humility isn't ever about us devaluing who we are. Humility is about doing an honest inventory and building an awareness that we are on equal footing as the rest of humanity. Being human quite literally means that we are made of water and carbon, the stuff of the earth, the stuff of life. Being human also means that we ask hard questions about who we are. And that's why I replaced our vision statement this morning with our mission statement. You see, a mission statement says who we are today, where a vision statement says who we want to be, who we aspire to be. And so today we are soil-dwelling people who seek to embrace the mystery of God. Do you realize how spiritually mature our mission is? This mission implies a kind of spirituality that is deeply curious and humble and trusting. This mission keeps us grounded in who we are despite what life brings our way. It is a humbling mission to live out daily. And after so much change and growth that our church has endured in the last couple of years, we might need a rest. We're tired. And so we might need to stop for a little while, stop producing, stop performing, stop perfecting. We stop those things in order to tend the soil and tend the soul, both as individuals and as a spiritual community. And so we ask what John Wesley asked, how is it with your soul today? Today's gospel story gives us a metaphor for this kind of spiritual inventory, Jesus tells a parable about a sower and a batch of seeds, and some of those seeds fell on a path where the hurt of people, institutions, or life itself compressed that soil into a hard, packed road. The seeds of God's Word couldn't take root in hard soil, and it can't take root in hard souls either. And so the birds swoop in for an easy meal— And other seeds fell on rocky ground. Rocky ground has soil, and so the seed sprouts. But obstacles like fear or shame or control prevent those deeper roots. And without a deep root system, the plant quickly withers and dies from the heat of the sun. And other seed, they fell on among the thorns. Now, thorns can grow just about anywhere poor soil, rocky soil, and good soil. The distracting and prickly thorns or weeds of what other people have or or other people are doing or saying compete with and choke with any significant spiritual growth that could happen. Finally, we've got some seed that is sown on good soil. And because this good soil is properly fertilized and balanced with the right amount of nutrients, Those seeds can germinate and put down those deep roots and finally produce fruit. Now, let me guess. I'll take a wild guess at what some of us are doing right now. I'm doing it too. Your mind immediately went to people down the pew, or better yet, people not at church at all today, and you decided what kind of soil those people are, right? And if you're not doing it right now, you're going to think about it later. It's important that this story is not used as a way to label other people and other people's souls. This metaphor is for our own self-reflection and inventory, and hey, that is enough work for the day. Even good soil, we have to remember, when not tended, is a breeding ground for everything else to move in. And each one of us, if we're completely honest, can find evidence of times when our souls have been inhospitable to the gospel. And so it's vital to keep the focus on our own selves and examine our own souls. And so we ask, do I have some weeding to do? Has my soul been packed down by my harsh journey of life? And what are the distractions in my life that are contrary to, but appear more immediately satisfying than the gospel? The parable does raise some interesting questions for us, because you see, soil can't change itself. And so since soil can't change itself, is there any hope for the hardened, rocky, and thorny soil? Is there any hope for us? It reminds me of this time when I picked up my daughter from preschool. She was about four, year old, four years old, and Ruby was learning about composting in preschool. She asked me, Mommy, do you know where God lives? And I said, No, do you? And she said, Yes. And I said, Oh, where? I asked with a pen ready to write down the address. Well, God lives in the compost of our hearts. God lives in the compost of our hearts. I love that image of God shacking up with all our awful feelings about people. God shares this loft apartment with our negative self-talk and our thought distortions and all those old tapes about how life is. But then God feeds the roommates a diet of worms and newspaper and banana peels She lets our garbage hearts decompose for a while, and then she turns it and lets it rot a little bit more, and then she turns it a little bit more. And over over time, all that turning of internal heart trash becomes healthy, healthy soil. You see, Jesus does not use this parable to shame us into being better soil as if it's something that we could do on our own anyway. The good news of this parable is that a sower is ridiculously careless, almost wasteful about the seeds. We question the sower's ability to discern where to plant things. But halfway through the story, we realize that the sower isn't reckless or foolish. The sower is extravagant because the sower is a sower of grace. And grace is a foreign concept when we're still off trying to figure out what kind of soil we want to be. Lucky for us, the disciples set a pretty low bar for us. They rarely understand what Jesus is talking about, and yet Jesus never gave up on them. In fact, he continued to invest in them, and he turned them loose in the world to carry out his mission Jesus' grace-filled investment in his disciples just demonstrates that God will keep tending and scattering the gospel on whatever is hardened or rocky or thorny within or among us. And if there is any work that is ours to do, it is in that honest personal inventory, keeping our hearts open and having patience and endurance Because when our souls are indeed ready, God's message will take root in us and bear fruit. And as a human who follows Jesus, I want to bear gospel fruit, don't you? What's that fruit of God's message that you want in your life? So if your life was of good soil, what would it look like? I'll go first. Fruit looks like I'm less of a jerk to people. Fruit looks like being more patient with my children. Fruit looks like I'm less distracted by my neighbors and what's trending. Fruit looks like I'm more tolerant of stupid people. Fruit is where my faith keeps me honest and the right size. Fruit is... Confidence that God cares for me and will take care of me so much that I'm generous with my entire life. Fruit is being so promiscuous with grace that people look at my life and say, she must really embrace the mystery of God. There are implications of this parable for how we engage our FCC mission Regardless of the conditions of our souls, God is turning us loose every Sunday into the world with a particular mission. This mission of ours matters, especially in a world that isn't curious but wants certainty, that isn't open but judgmental, that isn't trusting but suspicious, that isn't spiritually developed and mature but religiously simplistic and dogmatic. In a world that isn't interested in mystery at all, but wants fixing and curing and controlling instead, our world needs such a mission as ours. Most of us prefer probably a little quick fix to all of our soil problems, like fertilizers and pesticides. That long, long long-range process of permaculture systems like composting animal manures and returning them to the earth for food production don't have that instant gratification glitz that we want. And that's why we call it tending and not fixing. Quick fixes for physical or emotional depletion and pain abound. They're everywhere. But none of them have the lasting effect of tending to your well-being. And so that's the invitation this fall on Rally Sunday. We will reflect on how we can tend the soil of this church community so that we can carry our much-needed mission out into this depleted world from the steaming heap of could-haves and should-haves and I wish I had of the past God will turn and turn and then add some coffee grounds and newspaper and then turn and tend. And then in time, we will experience the slow reveal of an incredibly beautiful black soil beneath our human feet. May it be so. Amen.